What love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ Jesus, the Word of God on which we focus now is the epistle reading, the New Testament reading from 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning at verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he, might that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to be to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. We hear these days that the number of people in the United States who have died as a result of COVID-19 is approaching 100,000. One of them is a man by the name of Roy Horn, who was part of an entertainment team that included Siegfried Fischbacher and are probably better known as Siegfried and Roy. Characteristic of their shows, whether it be in Las Vegas or in other places, were lions and tigers, white lions and white tigers. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd really want to be in this line of work. It might be rather dangerous for your health. Just imagine the cost of life insurance if you're trying to get a life insurance policy. But when it comes to dealing with lions and tigers, God tells us through the Apostle Peter that every day we deal with a lion. And he uses the picture of the lion to depict the devil. Now, people may deny the fact that the devil exists. We may try to minimize the danger that is connected with him. At times, we, we may try to, to not deal with the devil and all of his temptations and his schemes. But God speaks to us very clearly through the Apostle Peter today. And he says, deal with the devil. Now, as I mentioned already, the Apostle Peter uses the picture of the dangerous, powerful, deadly lion to depict the devil. He says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, obviously, he's not talking about the devil as part of the feline family, but as part of the family of fallen angels. The devil was originally a good angel of, of God back at his creation, and maybe he was even an archangel. But he and other angels rebelled against God. It seems they tried to set themselves as equal with God. And God cast them out of heaven, and he put them into gloomy spiritual dungeons. But while they're confined to this, this, this condition where they are in, this setting in which they are in, the Bible tells us that, that they can roam about. You might say that their gloomy dungeons are mobile. 
and roam about they do and roar as they try to entice people into sin and drag them off into their own, their own realm and into their own destiny, which is separation from God and damnation. And everybody who comes into the world, as we came into the world, we really were, were in the devil's realm. We were part of the devil's lair, and we were destined to the same destiny in which he finds himself. But Christ, the very Son of God, as a result of the love of God and part of God's plan of saving people, came into this world and took on human nature, and he lived under the law of God. And he suffered the curse of God and, and satisfied the judgment of God and saved us. And the Holy Spirit then came into our hearts through the gospel message, whether connected with word we have heard or whether the sacrament of baptism. And he delivered us from the devil's realm and lair and destiny into the family of God and gave us the holiness of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, and the promise of everlasting life. And yet, even though we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the devil and the demons still roam and roar in our lives. And that was certainly true of the Christians of the first century to whom the Apostle Peter was writing. They lived in an area that, in ancient times, they called Asia Minor, and it made up all kinds of different provinces of the Roman Empire. I suppose today we might say that it was uh, the nation of Turkey. But as the devil and the demons roamed and roared, the Christians who lived there suffered. They were undergoing persecution. We're told that in many cases they were arrested, they were imprisoned, they were physically abused for their Christian faith. If you were a Christian, you very well could lose your property, your job, and, and you might even lose your life. <clears throat> and so there was great temptation for these Christians as the devil roamed and roared in their life to maybe think, God does not love us. God has forsaken us. Why should I follow Jesus? Why should I strive to, to remain a part of the family of God? And so they were tempted to maybe give up and give in when it came to becoming a Christian and were tempted to, to leave the way of God and to go the way that would create less harm and less danger for them, even though it meant leaving that way of God. The devil and the demons roam and roar in our lives also, don't they? One of the things that they try to convince us is that, that right is wrong and wrong is right. Alcoholism and substance abuse, no problem, the devil will tell us. Adultery and lust and fornication, well, they're just, they're healthy, they're human. Holding grudges and hating people, just perfectly normal, justified, the devil will say. Dissatisfaction and complaining about the blessings of God. The devil will say, well, that's just freedom of thought and freedom of speech. But then when we succumb to these temptations, what the devil turns around and does is he accuses us. He speaks against us. He says, you're guilty. You are unworthy. You are hopeless. You are damned. Peter uses the picture of the mighty hand of God. 
putting the pressure on us, squeezing us. And sometimes God does that, doesn't he, to, to try us and to test us. And do you suppose that that's what's happening right now as we go through this pandemic and all the things that are happening in our lives or not happening as a result of it? God uses these things as he squeezes to sometimes grow us in our faith, to grow patience, maybe to teach us new things, to take us places that we wouldn't normally go. But all the time behind these things is God's love. And God just wants to, to work things for our good and to show his glory. But the devil, who is the roaring lion without, may appeal to the sinful nature, which is the roaring lion within. You may say, well, you think God really loves you if you are going through the things that you're experiencing? If he really loved you, wouldn't he just uh, eliminate these things from your life? Or he may say, well, do you think really it's worthwhile sticking with God when you think of all the struggles and the trials you go through? Why don't you cast your lot with me? Because it would be a whole lot easier. And, and while the, the new person within us is not going to, to bite on that, that bait, the, the sinful nature within us may think about it and may think, well, maybe it, it is easier. Maybe it's to go that way rather than to walk in the ways of the Lord. And of course, the devil has in mind that we will share in his destiny, we'll be part of his realm, we'll be doomed and damned forever. Sisters and brothers in Christ, when we, when we doubt the love of God, when we deny the existence of the devil and the demons, when we're tempted to, to give in and to, to go the way of the devil, when as a result of the temp tensions that we experience in life, because of the trials through which the Lord takes us, we're tempted to not love one another. We're not dealing with the devil as God is telling us to do in his word. And we're sinning. And we see then why we need to have the Lord in our lives as our Savior. And of course, the Son of God came into the world to be our Savior. The Apostle John, as he wrote in 1 John chapter 3, said in verse 8, The reason that the Son of God appeared was to undo the devil's works. And one of the things that he had to be in order to undo those works of the devil was perfectly holy. And one of the things that he had to do was to be perfectly obedient, to walk in the ways of the Lord every step of his life, to keep those commandments of God for you and for me, which he has done. But at the same time, he had to suffer the curse of God, which we deserve. He had to satisfy the justice of God and to remove that curse from us. And the Apostle Paul says that in his letter to the Galatians, that Christ has removed the curse from us by being a curse for us, hanging on the tree of the cross and suffering God's justice and judgment and paying for our sins in full. And as a result, he has brought the forgiveness of sins. He has moved our Heavenly Father to declare us to be innocent. And so he overcame the works of the devil as he rose from the dead, showing that he has overcome even death itself. 
But then he sent his Holy Spirit into our hearts to raise us from spiritual death to spiritual life so that we now enjoy the forgiveness of sins. We wear the holiness of Jesus. We have the promise of everlasting life. We have the power now to walk with Jesus, to walk in his ways as his spirit lives in our hearts. And that's what he wants us to do. And so in this section of God's word, the Lord through the apostle Peter talks to us about the action he wants us to take. He says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith. And so what our, our Lord is, is telling us is that as we go through the struggles of this life, as we share in sufferings that, as Peter points, Christians throughout the world are going through, we are not alone. The same Lord who is with us to get us through them is with us to take us out of them. But at the same time, the Lord wants us to do our part. And so he says, I want you to, to actively, consciously, purposely take action. I want you to remember that God is God and you are not. God is the creator, you are the creation. God is the preserver, you are the preserved. When it comes to wills, God's will is what counts. Ours does not. When it comes to plans for our lives, God's plans prevail and ours do not. And so Peter goes on and he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Those anxieties that we experience, those worries that we feel, are the result of our trying to control things that we have no control over, or when it comes to the things that we can do something about, it's our failure to trust that the Lord is going to be with us to help us and bless us. And when it comes to the things that we can't do, he will do. And God says to us, rather than being anxious, what I want you to do is I want you to pray. Remember, Jesus said that whatever we ask the Father in his name, he will grant it. And of course, he's talking about things that are in keeping with God's will, things that are good and godly and that fit into God's plan. And so God invites us to, to, to pray. And, and that same hand that is there at times and squeezes us is that powerful hand that is there and helps us. So pray, because praying is a part of dealing with the devil. But Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Be alert and watchful. Understand that the devil is real. The devil is dangerous. He is, he's wily. He's tricky. He's, he's not fair when it comes to the fights that he wages in our lives. It's important then that we know this, but that we know the word and the will of God very well. It's important that we know ourselves and understand what is sinful and where we are weak. And therefore, we don't want to put ourselves in situations and circumstances where we make ourselves vulnerable. 
Don't read, don't look at those things that are going to lead you into temptation and sin. Don't go to those places that you know are spiritually dangerous for you. Don't be with those people that are going to take you down into the mires and the muck of sin. Flee those things. That's part of dealing with the devil. And Peter goes on and he talks about resist him standing firm in the faith. Now, when we think about that term, standing firm in the faith, it raises the question, is Peter talking about the faith with which we believe? Or is he talking about that body of truths in which we believe by the power of the Holy Spirit? And I think we have to say it's both. We want to know what we believe very well by being into the Word of God. We want to know God's law and God's gospel well. At the same time, though, we want to be working on our faith, letting the Holy Spirit grow it as we are using the Word of God in our daily devotions, as we're taking time on a weekly basis to gather with our fellow Christians, whether it's online or as we look forward to being together in our sanctuary here, or perhaps in the dining room if we have to have a little overflow space. But it's important that we get together, that we receive the Lord's Supper and be reinforced in the forgiveness of sins, that we remember our baptism and that God in his grace and his mercy brought us into his family and made us his children and dressed us in the holiness of Jesus. And it's important that we just remember that love of God that gives us such life because it helps us to stand firm and to resist the devil. Remember in Matthew chapter 4 how we have the description of how the devil came to Jesus. First of all, when he was in the wilderness after fasting for 40 days, when the devil took him up on the high point of the temple in Jerusalem, or when he took him on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and then he tempted Jesus. In each of these occasions, do you remember how Jesus responded? It is written. And we're told finally when the, Jesus told the devil to get lost, the devil had to go. And in your life and in mine, it's important that when we are going through temptation, that we pray and that we ask for God's help. But at the same time, we want to use that word of God because it is quick and it is powerful. And in the end, the devil cannot resist it. And when we use it and we tell the devil, be gone, by the power of the Holy Spirit who works through that, that word of God, he is. And at the same time, we want to just remember those assurances of God. The mighty hand of God, well, at times it squeezes us. Its presence in our life assures us that he is with us. God's invitation to pray reinforces the fact that he wants to hear from us and he wants to help us. And the fact that he cares for us, as he tells us in this section of God's Word, just emphasizes the fact that he loves us and will help us. And so do these words. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will help, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast.
And again, this just reminds us of that fact that the same mighty hand of God that squeezes us, as he squeezes us, is there to help us and to get us through these times of trial, and finally, to take us out of these times of trial. And the classic example is that of Jesus. Think of how God the Son leaves glory and set aside, sets aside all that glory and enters into humility and, and sacrifice and suffering and goes through this through his whole life. And then he finds himself unjustly arrested and tried and beaten, tortured, crucified, dead. But the same Lord who calls on his Son to humble himself, and the Son does that, then exalts his son as he raises his, him from the dead and gives him life and restores his glory. And then he ascends into heaven as we just celebrated this last Thursday. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father and yet is everywhere with us using his omnipresence and all his attributes as eternal God to the fullest. And so Peter is saying the same way that Jesus humbled himself under his Father's mighty hand, but then was exalted, is the same thing that you, my fellow Christians, are going to experience in your life. There are going to be those times that God squeezes and tries and tests, and it may be hard, but at the same time, he'll be with you to get you through, and then he'll lift you up He'll exalt you in many ways here in time, but ultimately in eternity, where then we are in glory with the Father everlasting, with God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, free from all our suffering, free to live with and to praise God forever and ever. And so we join with Peter in the closing of this little section. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Jesus to life everlasting. We join now in confessing our Christian faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed.